Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good whatever it is for you. I hope it's good. And welcome to the Jay King Show at KVLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King, and I got a good one for you. I'm back on this Marvin Gaye kick, and it's because Marvin Gaye is my favorite artist, but the stories behind the music are incredible. My name is Jay King. I'm the president and CEO of the California Black Chamber of Commerce. I am a radio show host here at KVLA Talk 1580, also at 97.5 FM, KDEE, KDEE FM org in Sacramento on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from 3 to 6 p.m. I'll also do a morning pod- podcast called Kings in the Morning on thejkingnetwork.com, thejkingnetwork.com. You can also email me at J-A-Y-K-I-N-G, the number 62, at gmail.com. And I am the founding member and leader of the group Club Nouveau. So I do it all because I love it all, and I believe you have to be alive and live um, while you're alive. So, um, And one of the things that I'm passionate about is music, but really what I'm even more passionate about is the stories behind the music. And Marvin Gaye, up until 19... 1969, 1970, is a wholesome R&B singer who is the prince of Motown. Marvin Gaye is married to the older sister of Barry Gordy. Even though Marvin Gaye is 24 years old and his wife is 41 years old, he, uh, he is the star of the show. And Marvin has just done something that nobody up to this point has ever done, and that's challenged the boss, the boss being Barry Gordy. Marvin Gaye wants to release an album, a single, called What's Going On, and Barry Gordy is adamant that he will not release that record, that he's going to destroy his career if he does. He doesn't like the song, but the song gets out, and guess what? It changes Marvin's life, the trajectory of his career, and, and to superstardom. It gives Barry Gordy the greatest album up to that point that's ever been recorded at Motown and gives Marvin free reign to do whatever he wants to do. And Marvin is also at the same time walking in the manhood because this is eight years later from the time Marvin marries uh, Anna Gordy, Barry's sister, who was 17 years his senior. And Marvin is kind of breaking away, even though Anna was the reason Marvin recorded what's going on. She saw it. So she really was part of a guiding force to Marvin becoming a free agent, if you will. And with the success come, you know, freedoms that a little boy growing into a man gets to recognize. So there are infidelities on both of their parts. Uh, and Marvin walks from the What's Going On album uh, into Trouble Man and then 
um, which is a, a soundtrack that is m- basically music inside the film with the exception of the title track, Trouble Man, which becomes a big record for him in and of itself. In between that time, Marvin is recording from 1971 to 1973 different songs with Diana Ross where they make the Marvin and Diana record. Oddly enough, they're never in the studio together as they record the album. So even though you'll read that Marvin was having a hard time creatively during this time, you'll find out that he's recording albums. He has five albums that are recorded from 1971 to 1976. What's going on? Trouble Man. Uh, Let's get it on. Marvin and uh, Diana and Marvin. And then the album that we're about to talk about today, the I Want You record. Now, Marvin and has already gone through his change of not wanting to be with Anna. Anna is 17 years older than Marvin. This beautiful young girl he's met while doing the Let's Get It On album, Janice Hunter, is 17 years younger than him, and he, his nose is wide open. He, he, that's where he wants to be. And that's where the love story for he and, and Jan start. And in that record, in that album, Let's Get It On, what you see hear and feel is the beginning, the Janice Hunter, Marvin Gaye love story, and the ending of the Anna Gordy, Marvin Gaye marriage. So Marvin does the Let's Get It On album, and it's bigger than the What's Going On album. Marvin Gaye is flying high. He's on top of the world. He just built his own studio, Marvin's Room. And they can't get him back in the studio. So there's this uh, songwriter producer by the name of Leon Ware who has an album called Musical Massage. And Musical Massage is his release. And as he's working on the record, he lets Barry hear some of it. Barry hears the song, I Want You, and asks Leon, Play it for Marvin. Marvin records it, and it knocks Barry's socks off. Barry loves it. So Barry talks Leon into playing the album for Marvin, the whole album. Marvin, at the same time, has now moved in with Jan, and they have two children. Nona Gay and Frankie Gay, and they're living in Hidden Hills. And Marvin is getting a divorce from Anna, and she's getting for everything he got, so he's bankrupt, and everything is falling around him. So in a way, this this new album is going to save him, and he and Jan are having their issues. I mean, it's it's a crazy time for Marvin. So Leon plays the album, and Marvin falls in love with it. 
but there's certain parts of the album that Marvin doesn't like. Now, this is Marvin's 16th album. 1976, Marvin Gaye, I Want You, is the 16th album of Marvin Gaye's career. And now Marvin Gaye is a grown man. He's, he's, he's in his mid-30s, 37, 38 years old, with, with this young girl who's driving up the wazoo with an with a, uh, older wife who's trying to take him for everything he's got. And I just want to give you guys, I want to tell you guys what is going on here. In 1976, Earth, Wind, and Fire releases the Spirit album. Stevie Wonder releases the Songs in the Key of Life album. George Vinson releases the Breezing album. Aretha Franklin releases the Sparkle album. The Commodores have the Hot Off the Tracks album. Brothers Johnson have the Lookout for Number One album. The Isley Brothers have the Harvest for the World album. Rufus featuring Chaka Khan has that, the, the Rufus feature, featuring Chaka Khan album. And Harold Melvin in the Blue, Mo- Blue Notes, I'm sorry, right here. And Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes has the Wake Up Everybody album. And that's just the name of few. So Marvin has set back in a time where you couldn't, wait a year or two to have an album. When you had a hit album and you went platinum, you had one year to 18 months to get a new product out. If you had a gold album, you had six months to a year to get a new album out, or you could be forgotten about. So here Marvin is three years between Let's Get It On and his next project, I Want You a project that's not even his. The project belongs to Leon Ware. But Leon Ware, recognizing the importance of what's about to take place, is in awe of the fact that Marvin Gaye is going to be recording his music and his songs. And, of course, Leon Ware says, yes, I would love to do it. So a couple of firsts are going to happen here. This is the first time in Marvin's career since he's taken control of it that one man is going to produce a whole album. No one person has produced a whole Marvin Gaye album until Leon Ware produces the I Want You album. Another thing that's going to take place is Marvin is going to bring his soul out. And when I tell you some of the lyrics, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. His full soul is going to be laid out with his little girl because he's in love. Marvin Gaye is different. He's different now because he has literally discovered himself making the What's Going On album. He's learned how to weave his voice in between itself and created a whole new style, a style that artists use today that was created 
and invented by Marvin Gaye on accident. When Marvin Gaye was doing the What's Going On albums, and they were doing what we call comp vocals, where the artist will sing a vocal and then engineer will mute the track so he can't hear it and let him record the same thing over again and then mute that track so he can't hear it. Then let him, and then they'll pick the best of them or best parts. Well, the engineer made a mistake and played two voices at the same time. And as he was doing it, by the time they figured it out, he said, I'm sorry. And, the, and Barbara said, hold it. Let it keep playing. And Marvin loved it so much that he kept doing it until he made the masterpiece we call What's Going On. He continued that on Let's Get It On. And now Marvin Gaye is about to record the I Want You album, an ode to love to his girlfriend, the girlfriend who was his mistress, the little young girl who was 17 years old when he met her, a little young, fine, tender thing, six feet tall, who has him all the way in, and a wife who is used to being the queen, and she's madder than a mother figure, and she's going to make him pay, and he's going to pay with his He's going to pay with his heart, and he's going to pay with his pocketbook. I Want You, an album that was called Everything But the Child of God, that we now call a masterpiece, at the time it was made, was called Mediocre and Trash. My name is Jay King. You're tuned into The Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. We'll be right back with the I Want You story. Yeah, really good. <clears throat> so, um, so, um, what, how many minutes was that? Uh, that was 14. So, how? So we have 10. Okay. And then what? So, half the story. I got 10. Ten minutes. And then how many after that? Then you'll have a total of um, 17 after that. Okay. Five into three. Okay. You're tuned into the – oh, little You're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King, and we're talking about the story behind the music, I Want You. Marvin Gaye has gone three years without a release. He's been on what they call a – Spiritual sabbatical, or at least that's what he called it. He's living in Hidden Hills with um, his girlfriend, Jan, and their, new, their two children, uh, Nona and Frankie. He is completely in love with Jan. Barry can't get Marvin back in the studio. Musical Massage is Leon Ware's album. It's the record that, uh, that Leon is about to put out on himself until Barry hears it and says, hey, play this for, for Marvin. And now they're in the studio working on this. Now, one of the stories that happened is this. First of all, nobody tells Marvin Gaye how to sing songs. And if you listen to Musical Massage, you will hear the difference 
in the recording of musical massage versus what Marvin did because Marvin, all the songs special. As a matter of fact, the album was written until Marvin rewrote it. Now, Marvin, there's a story that says Marvin was in the studio one day with Leon and T-Boy Ross. T-Boy was Arthur Ross, Dinah Ross's brother. He and um, Leon wrote the majority of the I Want You album together. And one day Marvin was singing in the studio, and T-Boy and uh, Leon were in the control room listening to him sing, and in the middle of him singing, the story goes like this. T-Boy stops the tape and tries to tell Marvin how to sing a part. And they said it seemed like a light just from out of nowhere came into the studio, and then all of a sudden the light went away, and when the light went away, Marvin was gone. Because Marvin had a secret door off of his vocal booth because they're recording in Marvin's studio. And Marvin would step out there and smoke reefer sometimes. And he went out that door, and when the, when the light was gone, so was Marvin. And T-Boy Ross was never invited back to the studio again. Marvin Gaye left because you can't tell Marvin how to sing a song. So Marvin is taking this music and reweaving it, re reworking it to, to match his life. Um, Marvin is in love and in pain while he's creating the I Want You album. He has his whole love life, personal emotions, and his intimate feelings on display for anybody to partake in, for you to, to for you to examine it, to use it for your benefit or for your wonderment. It's, it's your choice. Laying his soul out, his sexual soul. In 1976, there has never been a record so sensual and sexual. It surpasses. Let's get it on in the, in the sexuality part. Marvin Gaye is having sex on records and popular music. Now, you know, you have Moms Mabley and you had uh, Red Fox and you had different vocalists that would sing filthy songs, but they weren't mainstream. Marvin is in the mainstream with the I Want You album, bearing his soul, telling his woman that he wants to be inside her sugar walls. Who, who would write this? Who, who would be so sexual that they would be a liberator for you? Because that's what Marvin Gaye did. Marvin Gaye liberated all of us, whether you were 
a teenager or a grown man, Marvin Gaye allowed you to be sensual, sexual, freaky, and explorative all at the same time. Marvin Gaye was evolving during the making of this record. Marvin Gaye had been, um, he, he had been suffocated by his father. What was his father's Seventh-day Adventist religion? It was because it, was, it wasn't irregular Seventh-day Adventist. It was a very uh, rare and, and, and very strict religion. Then Marvin Gaye was suffocated. Uh, by the military when he left home, and he sophisticated—I mean, suffocated so much that that he that he had to leave. And then he became suffocated with his creativity. Where Barry kind of kept him in, in this box, telling him what he could and couldn't be. Then he was suffocated by his wife, who was 17 years his senior, probably reminded him of his mother, which gave him comfort. And now he's broken out. Now. He meets this young girl who gives him permission to taste her body, who he explores everything with because in all likelihood, he's her first or close to it. When you think about Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye is soul and country. He's, he's gospel and blues. He's jazz and classical. Marvin is the spectrum. And, and he's Frank Sinatra and, and Tony Bennett. He's that kind of iconic thing. And soul music, the I Want You album, allows him to put it all on display. The, the problem was Marvin was ready for it, but the critics weren't. The critics panned the record. They said it was one of the worst records ever made. One, art, one, one uh, writer said that um, it petered out before it got started. Think about the majority of the songs. They were conceived by Leon Ware until Marvin got a hold of them, until Marvin transformed I Want You into a graphical centerpiece for sex, love, and intimacy, and we weren't ready for it. And when I say we, I'm talking about the public. That that even even Marvin Gaye fans, some were some were offended by it. Others said that it didn't match up to what's going on, and let's get it on, because Marvin didn't stay in a box. That's what made Marvin great. That's why we talk about him now. That's why we're talking about an album made in 1976 where some of the greatest music was recorded and released. Stevie Wonder's Song in the Key of Life, arguably the greatest album recorded in 1976, Marvin Gaye creates I Want You. Before Marvin Gaye, Barry White couldn't have done 
all his records. Marvin Gaye made it cool to put sex on display. The greatest R&B solo artist in the history of our of our musical foundation, in my opinion, is Marvin Gaye. And when we come back, I'm going to explore some of the lyrics because I think it's important for you to know what Marvin was singing and what people were saying. One of the Picassos of music, the I Want You album by Marvin Gaye. You're tuned into the J. King Show, KBLA Talk 1580. We'll be right back. How was that? How many minutes do I have? Uh, you have um, nine minutes coming up. Okay, nine minutes? Yeah. You're tuned into the J. King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is J. King. We're exploring the Marvin Gaye I Want You album. And, you know, we listen to this record now, and we listen to the music, and we listen to the vocals, and we say, wow, Marvin Gaye is a genius. And this album sold over a million copies, the I Want You album. But it received mixed reviews from the music from the music critics. I'm sorry, right? Let me go right there. But it received mixed reviews from the music critics of the time. Um, some people, some writers that were critical, uh, said that it was because of the disco music that they compared it to. They said that it was disco. Uh, They said that uh, it was ill-considered. They said, um, I want you suffered because of its uh, slight disco sound. Rolling Stone's Vince Aletti criticized Leon Ware's production, said it was too low-key, and perceived that Marvin Gaye lacks the certain passion in his lyricism and singing from his previous records because now they're comparing I Want You to Let's Get It On and What's Going On, two of the greatest albums ever recorded in the history of music. Aletti compared the album to Marvin Gaye's work, and he said, Gaye seems determined to take over as soul's master philosopher in the bedroom, a position that requires little but an affection uh, of constant, rather jaded horniness. Because Marvin Gaye had done something that no one had done on record before, not in popular music. Marvin Gaye modernized lovemaking in your face. Because of Marvin Gaye, you get the Isley Brothers between the sheets. Because of Marvin Gaye, you get Barry White's 
can't get enough of your love. Cliff White called the album almost a voyeur's delight and was not favorable of gay's sensual themes, stating, although getting down, getting mellow, and getting it on are paramount considerations in the privacy of my own home, I don't particularly want to be party to someone else's nightlife, not on a record anyway, like peeking through the windows of the gay's residence in the wee wee hours. Perhaps that's your kick, but personally, I find it a mite frustrating. White also criticized the album's sound, describing the songs as all expressions of the same mood, sensual, satisfied, and spaced out, and calling I Want You simply an explorative aftermath of Let's Get It On. Every critical writer had to come back and admit to the brilliance of Marvin Gaye, admit to the brilliance of his writing and his approach, admit to the fact that they were wrong. And Marvin Gaye, today, because of him, we have Quiet Storm. Yeah, the Quiet Storm started with Marvin Gaye. And then Smokey turned it into a song. But Smokey can't be Smokey in a Quiet Storm without Marvin Gaye being Marvin Gaye. And let's get it on. And I want you. Robert Criscoff of the Village Voice wrote, the sweet nothings of a drowsy, sweet, streaked lover. Um, he wrote uh, favorably of the album's sound quality. I'm sorry, let me go back to this right here because I did that wrong. Okay, Mike, I'm going to start right here. Robert Criscoff of The Village Voice wrote favorably of the album's sound quality. However, he criticized the lyric content as well as Ware's involvement in songwriting Stating, was it Ware who instructed Marvin to eliminate all the depth and power from his voice? I mean, if you're into insisting on sex, it's in bad taste to whine about it. So Marvin was so far ahead of the writers and even music. If you listen to the I Want You album, and you listen to all of the albums that I told you were recorded at the same time, you will see that Marvin's album stands out different in style, in rhythm, in voicing. He was in a world by himself. Marvin Gaye was in a world by himself because he opened up the world of sensuality and sexuality in popular music. Marvin Gaye, the greatest lover on record, R&B music has ever known. My name is Jay King, and you're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. We'll be right back. How was that? Okay, good. Yeah, I got that. Okay. Do I do want to do this show as sponsored by? Sure. Yep, absolutely. Okay. 
This show is sponsored by Highlands Community Charter School. If you're 22 years or older without a high school diploma, Highlands Community Charter School is where you ought to be. Not only will they help you earn your high school diploma, they'll help you find a career pathway, and it doesn't cost you a dime. Just time and effort. 916-844-2283 is the number. 916-844-2283. And remember, it's never too late. Do you like an order? Huh? I did that. Oh, I didn't hear it. It cut out. Okay. You want me to do it again? Just the last sentence, if that's what we want. Um, this show is sponsored by Highlands Community Charter School. If you're 22 years or older without a high school diploma, Highlands Community Charter School is where you ought to be. Not only will they help you earn your high school diploma, but they'll help you find a career pathway that doesn't cost a dime, just time and effort. 916-844-2283 is the number. 916-844-2283. And remember, it's never too late to get your life in order. That's Thank cool. You. Okay, All right. I got the whole thing. All right. I got the whole thing. Uh, four minutes here. Okay. Four minutes segments. We're back. It's the J. King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. We're talking about the Marvin Gaye I Want You album and just the brilliance of it and how far ahead it was of the pack. Um, Ronnie Song said, give credit where credit is due. Marvin was a godsend. Love is better than the violence and garbage we have out here today. And, you know, Marvin did, he, he said, love in motion. And if you listen to some of the lyrics that Marvin wrote, um, I, I'm gonna, I want to read you just a couple things that Marvin wrote. He said, um, now we're making love. Now we're making love. Now we're making love. Where'd you get such sugar, baby? I'll be loving you day and night, in and out, wrong or right, because I want you, baby, for my wife. Girl, you're so divine. You're everything I ever ever wanted. You're everything that's on my mind. Is it real that we're making love? Keep right on kissing me when I'm kissing you. I know you know what this is leading to. You know real soon, baby, I'll be stroking you in and out, up and down, all around. I love to hear you make those sounds. I'm going to be loving you in and out, up and down, all around. Because I love to hear you make those sounds. This is 1976. Marvin Gaye said, oh, if you want to do it, let's get it on. But how are you going to act this time around? Before we take it off down to the skin, let's get an understanding. Girl, you didn't understand my philosophy. You did not understand. You just ran away from me. Oh, I missed you, baby. Oh, I miss you, baby. I miss you. You're the best I ever had. You're so bad, baby. But I must like it like that. Although you won't let me control this or that, I still find you're where it's at. Ah, now I see. You coming straight to the point. You say the more you get, baby, ah, the more you want me. Yeah, darling, you're not wasting my time. What I see, baby, is so hard to find. Although you've been all over the town, baby, having your affairs, I still have to accept you back, Angel, although you're promiscuous. I don't mind a bit because you're still the greatest lay in bed for miles away. Girl, if you run away again, surely my heart will never mend. Don't tell me the love we made was just for old time's sake. Marvin Gaye is telling you 
where he's at with this. This is a story of two lovers who shouldn't have been. They did their thing and went their separate ways again. Then by chance, they met at a neighborhood dance and got those old feelings all over again. He said, how much have I, have you missed me since I had you? How much? How much? Oh, I really wonder, girl. I wonder if you remember me. How good you made it to me, darling. It's such a thrill. It's such a thrill, but it's been so hard since I had you, baby. Come on, baby, give me a break. It's been so hard since I had you. My eyes must look serious, because when I look at you, I get delirious, baby. Your voice sounds so serious. But since we're still friends, let me make love to you again, baby. So now, as Marvin is saying this, Marvin is saying another lyric that they don't even write down here. So when he says, um, um, my body soaking wet, ejaculating sweat, won't you give me some? Let's go home and come. But you don't see it lyrically written here. But if you listen to the lyric, it's there. Marvin Gaye was so sensual and sexual that your mama and daddy didn't let you hear this record. You had to be grown to listen to this record. Marvin Gaye on Soon I'll Be Loving You Again said, I dreamed of you this morning. Then came the dawn, and I thought that you were here with me. If only you could see how much I love you. You'd want to trust me. Oh, in my dream, I was loving you, every place that you wanted me to. Since I believe in dreams and fantasies and things, I'd like to make love to you right there, baby. Oh, I've got this real strong need to love you everywhere. I won't stop until I find your passions flowing like wine. Baby, baby, please let me do it to you. I never did that before, but that's always the first time, you know. So I made up my mind. Soon I'll be loving you. That's all. I made up my mind. Soon I'll be loving you. Girl, I'm giving up my mind. I'm giving up my face. That's what I'm going to do because I love you. I'm going to give you some head. <laughs> Marvin Gaye, you, if you want to really listen to a Marvin Gaye album and really explore the lyrical content, the I Want You album, of all the albums that Marvin has made, the I Want You album is the one album that you want to learn every lyric. You never heard the term Sugar Walls until Prince did the song on Sheena Easton. But he never heard the word, the term Sugar Walls, until he listened to the Marvin Gaye album, I Want You. You're tuned into 97.5, I'm sorry, you're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King, and we'll be right back. I know I took too much time, so what do you want to do with that? No, 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 that's good. Okay. Okay, so we have like two minutes left. Okay. Two and a half. Two and a half. All right. It's the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580, and I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the stories that I've told on Marvin Gaye, this one in particular, the I Want You album. If you haven't listened to the record, please 
do so. If you have listened to it, but it's been a while since you've listened to it, go back and, and revisit it. But if you've listened to it recently, but you never really listened to the lyrics, this time when you're listening to the album, listen to the lyrical content. Listen to the way he overlays vocals and the stories and some of the freaky stuff that would never be able to live in a record if it was even today, if it was out in front of you. But Marvin Gaye hid lyrics, hid sensuality, hid sexuality and freakiness right in your face, right in front of your eyes, right where your ears could hear, but you had to pay attention. You had to log in. Marvin Gaye is my favorite artist for a lot of reasons. But the one reason I love Marvin is his honesty and how he delivered it. You won't find a finer voice than Marvin Gaye on the I Want You album. My name is Jay King. This is the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. I'll see you next time. How was that, Mike? Yeah, good. Got it. Okay. What song is the Sugar Walls reference? Um, um, since I had you. Okay. Hold on, let me see if I can. I'm gonna see if I, I can. I'm gonna find some way so you can hear it. Hold on. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> let me go. So, so he's saying, um, my body, body so convey, I get delirious, baby, when I just said, I want to be, but since we're still free, won't you give me some, let's go home and come, don't make me wait, as I have, don't make me wait.
and um, since I had you. So if you want to listen to it, you can listen. But, yeah, but that's the first time I think anybody ever said the term your sugar, wall, sugar walls because I went to look for it, and the only reference of sugar walls was Prince, um, the song Sugar Walls. Yes, thank you. And, um, but Marvin Gaye said it in, in this record. And so, and some of the lyrics, like, see right here, watch. Sugar walls is not in the lyric. You can't find it anywhere. They don't have it in the lyric, but it's in the song. That's why you want to listen to the song. You want to listen to the song so you can actually hear all of the other elements, all of the, the all of the, the, the secret passages that the that that the lyrics open up. So if you you know if you read the lyrics, if you go and um, you start reading lyrics, you'll see that you'll see the basic lyric, and then it's what he's doing. It's not even an ad-lib, Steph. What it, what it is, it's a secret passage. They're secret words. He knows that he can't put those words on paper because if he does, they're going to, you know, they're going to um, give it a different type of rating. Maybe back then it might have been an X rating. So what he doesn't do is commit uh, the real hard sexual innuendo, he doesn't commit it to paper. He let it live on the record. He let it live in, in, in the vibration. And that's why a lot of these guys who were um, who were critiquing the record, Dennis Hunt and all these guys, they were they were prudes and they you know they they really didn't um, they they didn't understand that music was growing and that music is always growing. And so, you know, and Marvin, Marvin was the, 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 he was the leader. So generally when somebody is the forerunner to something, they don't get the benefit from it. You know, you get the credit. The Wright brothers 
didn't get to benefit from um, air flight the way others did later on because they were at the beginning of it. But Marvin, he was at the beginning, and he got the benefit from it because his fan base was so embedded to him because this is his 16th album. And if you start listening to Marvin Gaye records going back from 69 back, they don't sound the same as Marvin Gaye records from 70 forward. They're totally different records because it's like Marvin grew up from a little young boy, a young, you know, even though he was, um, you know, in his 20s, he's a young sex symbol who grew up into a man, but but he, he did some monumental records. What's Going On was a monumental record because it's the first time in the history of R&B music that there's a concept album. Marvin, because of Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder gets to be. Without Marvin, there's no Stevie because Marvin broke the mold that Motown set, and then Stevie got to follow. Because of Marvin, there's no sensual and sexual records because up until that point, music is wholesome and it had a place. And when you got those raunchy records, they're for nighttime. They're not in popular music. Marvin Gaye makes sensuality and sexual, sexuality, I should say, um, available to you in mainstream music. So, yeah. But Marvin has some other brilliant albums. The um, Hear My Dear album, the In Our Lifetime album, are two albums that you have to explore to get the full Marvin Gaye and to get the picture because the 70s are a lot more, even though people say Marvin wasn't at his creative best, that's not true. When you start examining the 70s and the, the live at the London Palladium and got to give it up, uh, the um, Hear My Dear album, the In Our Lifetime album, these are records that today are called brilliant. Uh, uh, AM radio, no, once FM radio came on the scene, it, it literally um, dwarfed AM radio. So AM radio played a lot of uh, uh, easy rock, but not R&B. R&B was mostly R um, FM. Yeah, Here My Dear is an incredible album, but I got to tell you guys the story of the Here My Dear album, how it, how it came to be. And then I got to tell you of the, the story of the In Our Lifetime album and what it was called before In Our Lifetime and why he, why he made that album. Because Jan is now fooling around with Rick James. And Marvin Gaye is competing with Rick James on that album, and then he rewrites it. But it's a whole other story I have to tell you guys. Um, but but a lot of a lot of great stories that go with Marvin's music. Marvin was a he was a one of a kind too. Super Gore, huh? Super Gore would not approve of Marvin Gaye's lyrics. <clears throat> no, Tipper would have been trying to shut him down. Yeah, he didn't like Barley Nikki. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, now Prince. Prince was uh, Marvin Gaye really allowed Prince to um, have a um, to be sexual like that. Um, yeah. So Mar- Marvin, you know, Jan. So Marvin, Marvin would um, Marvin would sometimes watch Jan have sex with other men. Uh, Mar- Marvin, Marvin has, you know, Marvin uh, sometimes questioned his his um sexuality, his um, you know, I mean his um, you know, his manhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his father did that to him, though. His father really fucked with his head. One of Marvin's um biggest fears is that he would grow up I mean that he that he would um that he would be feminine like his father. No, John, I didn't get to meet Marvin. And that's that's one of the greatest sins. Because Marvin's father would dress up in women's clothes and Marvin liked the way stockings felt against his legs. So sometimes he'd wear women's stockings. John, John, uh, I mean, Mike, you can't do that because Blog Talker, I mean, um, Facebook could take me off. Uh, Warner Brothers, for some reason, and um, Warner Brothers and Prince, or Warner Brothers Music, they are really funky about it. When I tell you the story of Marvin Gaye and the I Want, in the um, Hear My Dear album, and what's going on there, it's going to blow your mind. And all the stuff, you know, I mean, it's it's a bad scene for him. Because I got to talk about the fact that um, with that album, you know, he and, um, he and Anna divorce. He's got to give her the money from that album. But then he marries Jan, and they don't stay married that long. They only stay married three years. And then Marvin is dead three years after that. So him and Jan are married from 77 to 81, and Marvin is dead in 84. Yeah, Marvin only 45 years old. What the songs on the album like? Huh? After the dance? No. So, okay, so these are the songs we're going to play, John, uh, I mean, Mike. We're going to play. You're going um, to open up with. Uh, oh, actually. I'm going to end up playing Yeah, you're going to play I Want You, but you got to play Come Live With Me, Angel. Yeah. No, um, she died. She died, John. Yeah, she died. Yeah, uh, feel, feel all, feel all my love inside. All the way around. Since I had you. Um. Soon I'll be loving you again. And after the dance. Who's Jacqueline Hibbard? Uh, Jacqueline was a writer that was writing with um. She was writing with um, um, Leon, I, yeah, and I think so. So Marvin changed the lyric to her song. He loved the melody, didn't like the lyric, so he changed the lyric. So one day she's in the studio with Leon, listening to the song, and he, she says, "Hey, those aren't my lyrics." And Leon said, "Hey, it's Marvin," and she said, "Yeah, but those aren't my lyrics." And um, he said, it's Marvin. 
And so she, she said, he said, he said, she said, I, I want to, you got to say something to him. He said, I'm not going to say anything, but you can say something to him if you want to. But the last time somebody told Marvin to sing, they got kicked out the studio. And she ended up loving the lyrics, made a lot of money. What song is that again? Let me tell you right now. Hold on. Oh, um, that was Pam. Um, Pam Sawyer. That wasn't. That was Pam Sawyer. And the song was. I'm sorry. Since I had you. The song was "Since I Had You." Pam Sawyer. Okay. Pam Sawyer was the lady. I'm, I'm sorry, it wasn't. But 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 um. Jackie Hillier, Pam Sawyer, those were all writers that wrote with Leon. One who said I'm going to do something on Leon Ware because he's one of the most underrated uh, producers and writers in the history of music. And then we got to do something on on Ernie Barnes who did the album cover because Ernie Barnes was a professional football player. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he's a, he a professional football player, played with Baltimore, the Colts, played with um, New York, played with San Diego, played with Denver, went to the Canadian League, and then um, and then he um, retired in 65. In 1965, he went to an NFL um, owners meeting in Houston, and um, he wanted to become the league official artist. And he met um, the New York Jets owner, Sonny Werblin. Uh And Sonny Werblin was intrigued by Barnes and his art. Um, so he paid for Ernie Barnes to bring his paintings to New York. And so um, later on, they met at this gallery. And unbeknownst to Ernie Barnes, there were three art critics there to evaluate his paintings. And so they evaluated the paintings, and they told Sonny Werblin, that Ernie Barnes was the most expressive painter of sports since George Bellows. George Bellows was a was a famous um, sports um, artist, and Werblin retained Ernie Barnes as a salaried player, but his position was in front of a canvas. So he was never on a football field. And um, Sonny Werberlin told Ernie Barnes, you have more value to the country as an artist than as a football player. And um, in November of 1966, Ernie Barnes debuted his solo exhibition, which was hosted by Sonny Werberlin at Grand Central Station Art Gallery in New York City. And um, it was critically acclaimed, and all the paintings were sold. And by 1971, Ernie Barnes wrote a series of essays um, illustrated with, with his drawings uh, in a gridiron newspaper titled, I Hate the Game, I Love. Um, and all those articles became the beginning of a manuscript for his autobiography that was later published in 1995. 
which was titled From Pads to Pallets, and that um, chronicled his transition from professional football to his art career. And in 1993, Ernie Barnes was selected to the Black College Football 100-year all-time team by the Sheridan Broadcasting Network. I just read a little note here that Ernie Barnes also did the uh, opening credit artwork on Good Times. That's right. Yep. Norman Lear. Yep. 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 And Eddie Murphy, the comedian, actor. Bought the the painting, um, $15 million, I believe. Hey, 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 talk about good times. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, so I think we got it, Mike. We, we did good. Yeah, we did. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much. Yes. All right, I'll knock this out. Okay. All right. I'll post it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Okay.